Our friends over at Kissinger are currently on the field, Brickfield, down at Commonwealth Stadium on the Yards for Hope campaign. It's, it's pretty amazing. $54. That's all it takes to provide meals for 20 hungry and hurting Albertans. You can donate right now to help out their cause. Hopemission.com. Call 1-855-836-HOPE. Again, just $54 will provide a hot Thanksgiving meal for 20 hungry Albertans. Hopemission.com. 1-855-836-HOPE. Hope is the number to call. And I think when we think of the Hope Mission, we think of a, a place that provides, you know, some shelter and, of course, some food to those that are yeah. vulnerable in our city, too. But they also provide a lot of resources for people that need to recover and a lot of programs like that. Absolutely. Um, and we have a guest in studio who's no stranger to those programs. Um, Paul is joining us this morning, who's been through all, all sorts of different programs at the Hope Mission. And now you've worked there for the last six years. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us in studio. We really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. It's, you know, it's kind of cool to get a firsthand account of somebody that's that's really lived it, right? And uh, and your story is something that I think a lot of people can relate to. Uh, why don't you take us back to the beginning, uh, why you, you needed to go to the Hope Mission in the first place? Okay. Um... Well, it started just with some things in life going wrong. Um, I was in a common law relationship for about eight years. I uh, had two kids. Um, uh, the girl I was in the relationship with had uh, up and left me for another guy. Um, she took one of the one of my daughters and left one with me. So all of a sudden, I was stuck being a single dad. Um, it came out a couple years later. They had gotten married, and it was brought to light that uh, the gentleman she had married was sexually molesting the daughter that was with her. Oh, God. Um, so I had a lot of anger. Um, around the same time, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Um, we watched him deteriorate and pass away. Um, so at that point in my life, I was really um, just lost. Mm-hmm. Um, had a lot of anger, like I said. Um, it took, I went out with some guys from work one night, um, went to White Ave. Um, when the night ended, the party went back to their house. Um, somebody had pulled out some cocaine. Um, I was a little bit hesitant at first, but I ended up caving in. And, uh, you know, you wake up the next morning and that night I actually got out of my shell. I talked to people. I uh, woke up and thought, hey, I had such a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of just forgot my problems. Got to disassociate from everything right, that exactly. you were feeling, right? That storm, right? And then it started, you know, like every second weekend when I didn't have the kids, I would be hanging out with them and and doing blow. And, you know, it got to the point where every weekend they'd be calling me and saying, you know, what are you doing? And I'd say, well, I have the kids this weekend. They'd be like, okay, well, we won't go out. You know, so-and-so's bringing their kids. Let's all hang out at the house. And so it became an every weekend thing Mm -hmm. to the point where I was walking around with a bag of cocaine in my pocket daily, right? I was going into the bathroom at work and um, doing a rail just to you know, keep my head straight during the day. Um, So that went on for about six, seven years. I started getting into other stuff, um, meth, um, pretty much anything I could get my hands on at the time. Wow, six years, Paul. Oh, my gosh. So during that time, were you thinking this is, you know, this is an issue. I got to get in front of this. Uh, Yeah, I tried stopping myself many times, um, failing. Um, It wasn't until I finally ended up hitting rock bottom and losing my place and stuff that I was like I ended up giving my daughter to uh, to her mom back to her mom um, to watch and I decided to get myself into a program um, I was searching different recovery places and I was sent to go detox um, at a place near the Hope Mission in fact and while I was trying to find this place somebody had told me hey you know Hope Mission has a detox and a recovery program why don't you go there 
Um, so I just wanted to get in somewhere at the time, mm-hmm. and I went to Hope Mission, um, and it turned out to be uh, the start of the change of my life, right? Um, I went there for about three months the first time. Uh, it was about 90 days clean. I never really dealt with any of my issues or, or any of the hurt that uh, was, you know, ailing me. Um, so I left program um, to soon relapse again. Um, so at that point, I realized I was like, you know, I was doing good there, um, and I decided to go back. Now, the second stint at Hope Mission um, is where things really started to change. I just kind of opened up my ears and my heart a little bit more to what the leadership team was telling me there. Um, and things just slowly started to change. Um, for me, um, I started building a relationship with Christ um, I had uh, went to a chapel service one night, and it seemed like everything that week was talking about forgiveness, and whether it be in in meetings or during our um, group studies that we had with the leadership team, every, everybody was talking about forgiveness. And I went into this chapel service at night at the Herb Jameson Center, and uh, lo and behold, they're talking about forgiveness. And the guy there was asking people to come up and just. Uh, ask for forgiveness in their heart and Christ in their life. And I was a little bit on the fence at first. And one of the guys in program, he kind of gave me a nudge and he said, uh, do it. So I ended up getting up there and uh, for the first time, I felt like I really let go of things. Um, I was probably crying like a little schoolgirl up there. And I just, I really let things out and I felt different. Um, I felt like a big weight had been lifted off my chest. Um, and things just slowly, um, the anchor wasn't there. I started to, you know, get people back in my life that I pushed away from the drug habit, like my mom, my sister. Um, I owe a lot to the staff there who, um, you know, they showed me love at a time when I could really love myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave me a place that I, you know, I had my meals, a roof over my head, and they gave, gave me time to work on myself and some of the issues that were were really affecting and hurting me in life. And I think that's what what's really important, Paul, as you mentioned, you know, having that moment where you just kind of surrendered yourself and said, okay, I, I need to I need to reach out and I need to get this help, right? You think that, like I said, you think that it, the Hope Mission just provides some meals and a roof over your head, but it's that, it's all of that support in a moment where you're just as low as you can possibly go so that you can stay in that place of recovery and then can better yourself. Yeah, I mean, like, just all the different things combined there that they do for you. I mean, like I said, the food, um, they just give you a good head start on getting your mind straight, right? And the staff there are just, they were so caring and loving. And I mean, none, none of them really knew me and they just, they treated me like, you know, family. Mm-hmm. Um, which had, at that time in my life really, really mattered to me because I had pushed everybody um, away that cared about me, right? Right. That reinforcement that, you know, you might have gone through this horrible moment in your life, but you still matter and you're still valuable and you're still lovable, right? I mean, feeling that it can be such a huge stepping stone in in bettering yourself, right? Yeah, especially when you're you're so down on yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's part of the reason I um, applied to work thereafter is because I seen the work that these guys were doing. I mean, it was just incredible. I just, I wanted to be part of this. So what are you doing now? What, what kind of work are you doing? Um, I'm the shelters coordinator at Home okay. Mission. Yeah. 
I think it's really cool because I think as you get older, you kind of get to that place in your life when you realize you want to kind of serve a greater good. But I think to have gone through everything that you've been through and then be so far along that you that you then want to give back to others, I mean, just shows how far you've been able to go, right? Yeah, and I mean, like, it's it's been a blessing just even seeing some of the changes in other guys that have come through there who've, you know, you know, first time you meet them, they're fighting with people and, and just, you know, there's there's quite a few people we've seen come through there. They're just a different person now. Of course, because, I mean, when you're in a situation like that or you're living on the streets, I mean, that, that damages your soul, yeah. right? Of course. So, of course, you're going to come in, you're going to be angry and combative and, and hard to deal yeah. with, right? But so... How, how often are you seeing um, that that recovery from that point for people to, you know, a situation like yourself when you've been able to, people have been able to pick themselves up and, and kind of recreate and rebuild their lives? In the six and a half years I've been there, I've seen quite a few. Um, there was another gentleman, Sonny, who just uh, took a job with us recently. And he, you know, he's an ex-gang member, spent about a six-year bid in prison, um, was really rough. Um, and he's he's just become to you know a great person um i was just out with him the other day and he was you know we were at, at a, a concert and he was talking to people about christ on the concert and just you know he's got a just a new zest for life yeah. right um you look at him and it's not, not the same guy i met when he first came in there well, people are redeemable yeah. right yeah, it's life-changing work and, mm-hmm. and kate you've worked at the hope mission for for some time how long have you been there I've been there about a year and a half. Okay, so these kinds of stories, I mean, they're remarkable, but it's not an everyday occurrence at the Hope Mission, but I imagine it happens more often than people realize, right? Yeah, it does. And like Paul said, when when you see that transformation happen, it's it's a miracle. It's amazing. Um, I think Sunny is a really good example. Paul is also a really good example of what happens when when people dedicate themselves to the hard work of recovery. It's yeah. it's a battle. It's it's not easy. And so um, Hope Mission really we we try to offer as many supports as we can so that people have that wraparound care. Yeah while yeah. they're in recovery and even just coming to the doors when when someone comes to the front doors it's the first question is how can we help um and so that really is what are what what the team tries to do and they often say the most important thing that a recovered addict can do is is lead by example that that example that you can do this you can get to this place so when you hear Sonny and, and Paul going back and working there those kind of that has to have a huge impact on the people that are mm-hmm. walking through the door yeah. Yeah, and I mean that was an impact on me too when I first went to program. There was a lot of guys there that um, had been through our program, changed their lives, and I got a chance to hear their story, right, which gave me some hope. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 living proof that this can be done. Are a lot of the staff members ex-program members? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know two for sure, right? Is that a common thing that happens? What we do have. Ah. Uh... We do have a number of staff who have completed, who have graduated from breakout um, and gone on to work in various departments. Yeah, yeah amazing. And it's no small feat, I mean, in terms of just on a day-to-day basis, what you guys do in terms of feeding people, right? It's a thousand people a day. That's a lot of food. That's a lot of resources that are needed, right? Yeah, we actually, we serve about 1,200 meals every day. And wow. that's that's um, out of the kitchen. That's for breakout for Wellspring, which is our women's addictions recovery program as well. So it's a 
it's a busy kitchen. <laughs> and you guys are pretty accommodating too. I was looking on the website to see about uh, you know how you go about volunteering. You guys are pretty flexible. You'll take whatever help you can get, right? So if you, if it's money, if you're listening right now and it's money that you are able to contribute, or if it's your time, you guys are pretty good at saying, look, we get that you got other things going on, but if you want to give your time to us, we'll we'll accommodate with some pretty flexible offerings, right? Yep, absolutely. HopeMission.com has uh, pretty much everything you need to to learn more about how you want to get involved, whether it is volunteering or um, donating money or donating clothing. We're with this cold snap right now. Mm -hmm. We're in desperate need of gloves and mittens and toques and stuff. So um, our downtown location is a really great spot. Even we have a bargain shop on the south end of town, 2403 Elwood Drive. we can also bring donations down to the south end of town as well, but cool. um, there's a there's a, a bunch of different ways to get to get connected. Very cool. So, Paul, let's just go back to your story here. Obviously, you're working at the Hope Mission. Things are going well. You've you've reconnected with some of your family. What about the kids and all that? It, it, has everything come full circle for you? I mean, um, there's probably still some work to yeah, do. Yeah, right? actually, um, both my daughters ended up moving back in with me. Wow, awesome. One is one has just moved out. She's getting married next year. Wow. Um, and my other daughter, who's still living with me, actually is working with the Hope Mission as well now. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So obviously, you've got a feeling like these people saved my life, gave me my life back. Yeah. And now you're just in a position where you want to return the favor. Is it that simple? Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's. Like I said, I feel blessed, and I just want to let other people know that, hey, you know what? Um, life sometimes deals us lemons. Yeah. Um, but there, you know, there is a better a better time ahead, right? Um, these these things that we're doing, like right now, the, the Hope for Hunger, um, it's important, right? These meals are important. It gives us a chance to build relationships with the guests that come through, right? Um, and every relationship we build is a chance for somebody to change their life. Getting those people through the door for whatever purpose, whatever it is they're looking for, gives you guys a chance to make a connection to turn a life around like yours has? Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's pretty incredible, powerful stuff, right? It's amazing stuff. Yeah. It really is, yeah. That that kind of work is going on every single day. A lot of people don't even know. Mm -hmm. And we're talking, what what do you say, $54? $54 feeds 20 people. Exactly. This Thanksgiving weekend. And and, and it's more than just the meal. That's what we're hearing here this morning, right? I mean, Kate, I'm sure you see that all the time. People who just show up looking for a, a warm bed or a warm meal and ultimately they, their lives get turned around? Yeah. Does it happen? It does. It absolutely does. And we, we, um, we stand by the statement that hope begins with a meal mm-hmm. because that meal can sometimes open up a conversation. And that conversation, I mean, Paul is living proof that that conversation can change your life. Mm-hmm. And just the fact, I mean, as corny as it is, it's, it's the hope mission. But I imagine, Paul, when you're in that situation where it, it's almost like all hope is lost, right? I mean, walking in there gives you that little glimmer of hope and a place to start. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, before I came there, I was in a real dark yeah, spot exactly, in my life. Right? I never kn- knew about this place. Like, um, when I seen what was going on there and how they were helping people, I was just amazed. Yeah. It's amazing work they're doing down there, and you can help them out. As we said, uh, $54 will provide meals for 20 hungry Albertans, Edmontonians. Mm -hmm. Donate now at hopemission.com, or you can call 1-855-836-HOPE. Just 54 bucks, and as we said, uh, our pals over at Kissin are currently doing their Yards for Hunger drive, and uh, they'd appreciate the help. It'll get them off the field a little sooner because they're staying on the field until they reach their goal. So uh, every little bit helps, and uh, those will go to feed 20 people for Thanksgiving. Pretty incredible stuff. Paul, thank you so much for sharing yeah. your story. We really appreciate really that. Really appreciate and it. Thank great you for job. Me. 
Congratulations on how far you've come, man. You. That's no small yeah. feat at all. Keep it up, man. The website again. Uh, hopemission.com. Right, Kate? That's right. All right. Okay, thanks so much for coming in. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.